Translating Arcadia tells the stories of people who belong elsewhere, and the pain that comes from being trapped here instead. Their contents may be upsetting or uncomfortable. This story contains implied disordered eating. She stood at the boundary line, where here became elsewhere, and looked over. Elsewhere, as she knew, as she has known, was beautiful. Half obscured by cotton candy haze, pink shifting to violet to turquoise at the edges. She could see shapes inside it, like looking in a fogged mirror, lacking edges or lines or definition, the suggestion of mountains rising like dough. The idea of a river of poured sugar. An effervescent waterfall, spilling down mounds of boulders like marshmallows. She stood at the edge, her toes just so, not crossing, not touching, and tried to find her own shape in the haze. Her own reflection, gone soft and pink in the fogged mirror of elsewhere. To find it there would, she thought, be soothing, to see it stripped of the hard demarcations, what it looked like, bleeding out into its world, melting into mountain and river and waterfall, becoming icing sugar, turquoise and violet clouds, floating away. She searched, but from here, staying firm and rigid on this side, staying behind lines that were solid, inedible, not the melting rigidity of striped peppermint. It was too hard to see. She had always been a creature of hard, undigestible lines, of starvation in the middle of plenty. There were times, in the past, in other lives, where she tried to believe it was otherwise, that she was fog, feast, that she had indistinct edges and shifting margins, pillowy, downy as sifted flour, that she could sustain multitudes, being really just ingredients holding themselves together inside the outline of a girl, ready to be sunk into, to feed, a body blurred between self and other and world and never, never rigid enough to be alone. For a time, even, she'd mostly convinced herself that was true, convinced herself of her own softness, but ragged edges and raw meat are not the same as pliability, and being pliable is not the same as being comfortable. One will waste away on a diet of only fat and salt. She learned that too late, when here had already gotten a grip on her, sunk its claws into what could have been supple and soothing, what could have filled the belly and the heart, pulled her like taffy, strung her tight, she realized she had been here all along when the overworked skewers holding her spine straight finally snapped, drove through her, punched holes in her edges. It was strange, she thought, that one could be round and rigid, built like the baker's wife, all jolly rolls and pink cheeks and smiles and rolling pins and cookies, but still so sharp, 
Strange that people who touched her swelling hips and stomach and breasts came away with blood on their fingers. She should feel like fresh bread, like roasts, like boiled potatoes splitting their skins, showing their mealy insides. She wondered, her toes at the edge of elsewhere, why she, her body that should be a feast, has always left people wanting. The cotton candy haze swirled itself into impossible confections, towers of cupcake frosting with the sun as red as a sugared cherry. She wished she could taste it on her tongue, the melting sweetness making her teeth ache. She has tried, tries, will try, to serve herself up like a meal, to lay herself down on their trays, bake herself in their ovens, to baste her flesh, brown it, leave it rich and crackling. She has tried to cut into her thighs, come away with slices of meat that will satisfy them. But here, things are much less literal. Prime cuts of pride, cake soaked rich with self-esteem, sauces flavored with bouquets of patience, do very little to sate hungers. It would be different, she told herself, looking into elsewhere, studying how the cherry sun had turned to butter, sinking golden behind the horizon. If she could have actually fed them, cut her body instead, spitted the flesh of her arm, peppered it, turned it over the fire. If she could have smelled the way it roasted, savory and heavy, heard the fat sizzle, hiss, and pop on the coals. If she could have watched them as they ate, juices running from the corners of their smiles. Different, if she could have baked pies with her heart, too honeyed to need sugar, covered carefully with crust. Turned her organs to sweetbreads, her eyes to bonbons, her tongue to a delicacy. Elsewhere, she could have been a banquet. Here, her choices were substandard at best. Poor ingredients make poor meals. She did what she could, scooped herself out a spoonful at a time, added herself like seasoning, removed her pith and seeds and stems, turned herself hollow, made her body the serving plate, the soup bowl. She stood at the edge of elsewhere, toward a mountain like a frosted cake, and knew that there, it could have been real. The wind, so cold and so much a part of here, came up, poured itself like ice into her empty center, filling her like water, chilled her, preserved, protected what she had left until she found its use, decided to shave it off, to be carefully diced, sprinkled over the top of her affection. She wrapped her empty arms around herself and shivered. Across the border, elsewhere, the moon rose, round and soft as saltwater taffy. This story, She Who Had Been a Feast, was written by Lisa Guinte and read by Mel Nichols. More information about the stories and their performers can be found at translatingarcadia.lawofnames.com. Translating Arcadia is a production of Law of Names Media.